Thanksgiving break, Colby may look different in the future. The FCC is taking unprecedented steps to eliminate internet discrimination. A search for a new class dean will soon be underway. The Spanish Club is hosting events to build community at Colby. Those stories and more next on the Mayflower Hill News Hour. I'm Christian. And I'm Andy. Stay with us. WMHB Waterville, it's the Mayflower Hill Newscast. Good afternoon, this is Christian Gobo. And Andy Lipton. With the Mayflower Hill Newscast for Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Colby College administrators are considering making changes to Thanksgiving break in the future. Currently, the academic break runs from Wednesday before Thanksgiving until the following Sunday. Historically, students have left early for the break, and some professors have decided to cancel classes. Professor Jim Thurston says the question of extending the break comes up every year. My time here, I mean, I've taught here a number of years. In my time, this has always been kind of a discussion. Yeah. Well, we arrive at the moment of the Thanksgiving recess, and s- some classes are being offered, some are not being offered, and there's always this question, like, how do we equalize this mm-hmm. in some way? Thurston serves as chair of the Administrative Committee on campus. One of the roles of the committee is to review Colby's academic calendar and make recommendations to the senior staff and president. Thurston says the committee sent out a survey to Colby faculty to gauge how best to modify the calendar. Because if you're removing two instructional days, do you just do that from the semester? Or uh, do you bring those instructional days back? Do you start the semester earlier? Are we teaching and working on Labor Day? Do we cancel fall break? Um, do we cancel reading days and bring those days back one or two in that fashion? So we put that back out to the faculty in a survey, and um, it was pretty split. You know, some were saying, "Well, well let's, I, you know, I don't want to lose those instructional days. Let's start early, mm-hmm. or let's remove one reading day at the end of the semester because we really need a teaching day." Although that gets kind of complicated because if you're you have classes on a Friday. You go through the weekend, but then you have classes again on Monday, and then you go into a reading day. It's a little bit disjointed. A little over 41% of the faculty came back, and they said they would be comfortable removing instructional days to lengthen the break. The committee then had a discussion with the faculty in October's faculty meeting and met with the department, uh, like athletics, to discuss the effect an extended break would have on the college. Now, at today's faculty meeting, Thurston says the motion will be on the table. So the faculty is not going to vote. They don't have the power to vote to say we should do this or not, but they do have the power to say what is their sense as something that will go forward as the recommendation to the president and senior staff. So the motion on the table is to get their sense of extending Thanksgiving recess to a full week and not replacing those two instructional days. The motion will sit on the table until December 6th, where they will have a meeting and faculty will have the option to propose amendments to the motion. After that, the faculty will vote and the administrative committee will review all materials and make a formal recommendation to the senior staff and president. Thurston says ultimately the decision will be made by the senior staff. They'll look at other aspects of the campus and then they'll make a decision, yes, let's amend the calendar to make a full uh, week at Thanksgiving or not. 
And I also should say, I believe the, the current calendar is set through the 2027 year, but having said that, because they work multiple years ahead for a lot of reasons, um, but having said that, they do have the ability to adjust that and make it happen sooner if they want. Thurston says the timetable is hard to define, but if the senior staff makes the decision to end, extend break, that change could take a few years to be implemented. For this year, the break will remain as is. Students are honoring Spanish, Latinx, and Hispanic heritage at Colby College. This past Friday was the fourth annual Spanglish Creative Writing Showcase. Spanglish is a hybrid between Spanish and English, mixing words and idioms from both languages. The Creative Writing Showcase gave students the opportunity to perform short stories and poems in Spanglish. Professor Damaris Mayans says the event was first conceived during the first year of the pandemic. Just we did it the first actually we did, we did it the year of the pandemic and it turned out yeah we actually have like we have um, to go boxes or bags and we have uh, we didn't have catering because obviously because of the all uh, and we have a uh, limitation of the the amount of people who were allowed in here in the parquet room because of the whole pandemic so it turned out to be very good for for the pandemic, so actually we were encouraged to do another year with, uh, yeah, uh, without those restrictions. Latinx and Hispanic students represent 9% of the Colby student body, and Mayans wanted to create a space to honor the variety of Spanish in the U.S. Mayans says she hopes the event has brought students together. Creating community is one of the things that I think it has accomplished, and I hope it, yeah. it, it will accomplish every year. Like yeah. just to get together and meet new, yeah. new, new people that speak your language or they're from like where you are. Students can be on the lookout next year to celebrate Spanglish once again. The Colby Dean of Studies office is seeing some abrupt changes. In an email, the office announced that Dean Sean Smith has left his position as of this past Monday. Dean K. Shirley has taken on Smith's cohort of sophomore students. The office also said the search for a new class dean will be underway as soon as possible in order to support, support students. Two mobile homes in Waterville will likely have to be removed. The planning board voted unanimously, unanimously yesterday to deny a request by Countryside Mobile Home Park owners to add two sites to the park. The two owners added two mobile homes on a lot reserved for green space without permission. Randy Butler, who represents the owners, said that there was three other areas that could work as green spaces at the park, but board members argued that those areas wouldn't provide enough space. Residents of the park have also expressed concerns over water problems, truck traffic, and potholes on the property. Authorities have said the homes will be removed if the board and owners cannot reach a consensus. There are many opportunities for new experiences on campus. WMHB correspondent Alina Madyarova reports the Colby Museum of Art is a great place to broaden one's worldview. There is a unique location on Colby's campus that visitors and students can explore for free. Diamond Family Director of the Arts, Teresa McKinney, says students should take advantage of the collections offered by the Colby Museum of Art. I would point you to an exhibit called Painted. That's probably one of the most spectacular things to see in the museum right now. McKinney says there are currently several exhibitions at the museum. The museum is really a massive, it's the largest in the state of Maine. There's so much there to see, so I would encourage any student to just don't feel like you need to know anything, just kind of go. And it's, it's for you to learn and be amazed. Students can visit the Colby Museum of Art for free from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. from Tuesday to Saturday and from noon to 5 p.m. on Sunday. To learn more, visit museum.colby.edu. 
This has been Alina Madyarova for WMHB News. Taking a look at other news. The Federal Communications Commission is taking great strides to crack down on Internet access inequalities. The FCC approved a new set of rules today that would give the agency the power to investigate cases of discrimination by Internet companies. Studies have shown that marginalized communities often have poorer infrastructure and are given worse deals on Internet packages. The new set of policies in place will give the FCC the power to report intentional discrimination and hopefully reduce inequities in broadband access. Kevin Hart is set to receive this year's Kennedy Center Mark Twain Prize for Comedy. Hart started his comedy career as a stand-up comic in Philadelphia, but eventually made a transition into movies. Hart will be the 25th recipient of the, the award, with other notable winners being David Letterman and Tina Fey. Coldplay will be performing tonight in Jakarta despite backlash against their LGBTQ plus beliefs. Over 200 protesters marched near the venue today to try and cancel the upcoming concert. This performance is one of many in Coldplay's current, curled wor- current world tour titled Music of the Spheres. The band is set to perform next in Perth and Kuala Lumpur. The Netflix TV show The Crown is set to return with a sixth season about the final days of Princess Diana. Part one of the new season is set to release tomorrow, while part two will be released in mid-December. The historical drama by Peter Morgan aims to tell the story of Queen Elizabeth's reign with historical accuracy. WMHB News Time is 512. We'll be back with weather. Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Substance use disorder and addiction is so isolating. And so as a black woman in recovery, hope must be loud. It grows louder when you ask for help and you're vulnerable. It is the thread that lets you know that no matter what happens, you will be okay. When we learn the power of hope, recovery is possible. Find out how at startwithhope.com. Brought to you by the National Council for Mental Wellbeing, Shatterproof, and the Ad Council. It is currently 40 degrees in Waterville. And now for your WHB local weather forecast for November 15th, 2023. Currently, it's 40 degrees out with partial cloud cover. Tonight, it's going to stay around 37 degrees and expect intermittent cloud cover. Tomorrow, it'll be a bit warmer and mostly sunny with a high of 54, but a low of 32. On the long range, it'll get warmer for the next few days, but drop back down later and expect some rain on Saturday. And that's the news, sports, and weather. This has been Andy Lipton for 89.7 FM WHB Waterville. There's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is Alina Madyarova with WMHB News reporting about a recent Ukrainian film discussion with a Colby professor and the Waterville community. 
The main film center partnered with the German and Russian Cinema Studies Department at Colby College to host a screening of the 2019 Ukrainian comedy My Thoughts Are Silent, directed by Antonio Lukic. The film follows an aspiring sound engineer on his journey to record the call of a rare duck for a video game. My Thoughts Are Silent describes the complex nature of Ukrainian people by exploring themes of religion, downfalls of the Ukrainian government, and the difficulty of a mother-son relationship. Colby Russian professor Elena Monisterova Ansdell hosted a post-film discussion about the larger contexts of the film. Why do you think it's important for us to watch this film um, in the context of what's happening in Ukraine today? Yes, that's, that's a very good question. And I don't know, I, I also want to have more of a dialogue. Did anyone here wants to volunteer? Why it may be important? Yes. So uh, you mentioned that it was talking about censorship. So the, it ties into the title that my thoughts are silent because they are silenced. And it's similar to how um, commentary on the war in Ukraine in Gaza is silenced by the Western media to promote a specific um, narrative that they want us to have? Um, well, that's, um, so yes, um, what I would say, this was made, you know, before Putin attacked Ukraine, but it was already made after the war started, like after the Crimea um, annexation. So, but I think here it's not even as much about Western, because Western music is well integrated into the film. I think it's about the corruption among Ukrainian officials. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, you, you bring this uh, perspective to the film and it's very valid. And, um, but, you know, also uh, Ukraine, um, even now that the war is going on, uh, there is some, you know, some talk about corruption that people are profiteering in Ukraine from um, uh, military deals and things. So that, you know, corruption is a, something like a legacy of the Soviet system in all the states of the Soviet Union. And, um, you know, the, the Western, um, so essentially I think Lukic here, you know, for us, it's also important to see how how Ukraine is not just the Cossack dances or the Vyshevanka, you know, the embroidered shirts. We see one of the cousins wearing that embroidered shirt, but he's shown as some sort of a, like really um, shallowly religious person. You know, the film is not against religion, but it's against that kind of shallow sort of, oh, you can't have haircuts on, you know, on this day. The film shows to us that Ukraine is not just that, what it's seen as on the surface, and particularly in, in a Soviet context where all ethnicities were reduced to what's called the, the national form. So you were supposed to be national in form but socialist in content, and that national form was exactly the embroidered shirts, it was um, um, sort of the funny, you know, sort of Ukrainian language that wasn't really Ukrainian, it was more of a surzhik that was that we saw in Soviet movies, where you could still you could still recognize Russian, you could understand it, but it sounded very sort of exotically Ukrainian, and the humor was all based around those Ukrainian stereotypes of sala, which is like salted lard and vodka and vareniki, um, and 
Lukic is very much against that, and he shows to us the um, Ukraine that is so multifaceted and Ukraine of many voices. Um, yes. I just wanted to put you back on that because to me, regardless of what's going on in Ukraine right now, this is a very humane thing. It's about humanity. And it um, doesn't really matter when or where you watch it. It's about humanity. And I think in some ways, Ukrainians have been dehumanized, and their identity has been reduced, and there is a narrative of what Ukrainian is and what they ought to be. But Ukrainians are people. And um, and that's in Russian, meaning that um, nothing human is alien to them, meaning that it's people, and that's, that's what the film shows different people, you, you hear a dialect that as a Ukrainian I cannot understand, um, and that's still part of Ukraine, it's just showing different people. And again, the humanity of that relationship of mother and child. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I mean, that's obviously a very huge layer of that. That's actually, you know, if, if he showed Ukraine as something ideal and completely humane, it will be a boring film. But he shows Ukraine, you know, you know, like any country, any society, in all its contradictions. But it's it's all about resolving them through maybe humor and through just um, and so Lukic himself called his kind of humor, and he was very adamant about sort of uh, distinguishing it from the Vushevanka type comedy humor which is like embroidered short comedy humor, he called it humor with a serious face. Um, I just really like uh, your point about how sometimes you can even strip Ukrainians of the humanity. Because it's not just that. It's not just that you're stripping the enemy of the humanity. It's not just that, oh, Russians are so bad, they're terrible. It's also you're stripping the Ukrainians also. Because when you say, like, oh, these are the defenders of democracy, these like the people are fighting and dying for their homeland, like, you reduce them to just that, to like an ideal. And that's what I really like about this film, like in the context of it like being interpreted here, that we have to realize that, you know, they're not just an ideal, they're, they're people too. And this film really shows that. Yeah, and I, you know, if we saw more films from different parts of the world, and that's why like, I'm a big promoter of cinema theaters like this one, <laughs> like the Railroad Square, um, theater was where we can see actually you know have a glimpse into different cultures beyond the political headlines in the newspapers for information about more screening events waterville members can visit watervillecreates.org slash main film center this has been alina madyarova for wmhb news
athletics to the NFL. The Mayfire Hill newscast continues with WMHB Sports. WMHB News Time is 5:24. Checking WMHB Sports for Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. The Colby women's basketball team is hot off a win yesterday. The Mules defeated MIT 70 to 63 last night, bringing their record up to two wins this season. 40 points were scored in the paint for Colby, whereas MIT only scored 18. This weekend, the Mules will take on New England College at 1 p.m. on November 18th. Taking a look at other sports news, the Browns' NFL season may be in jeopardy this year. Rookie quarterback Dorian Thompson-Robinson is expected to make his second start for the Browns this season. This news comes in the wake of the injury of the Browns' main quarterback, Deshaun Watson. The Milwaukee Brewers will be getting a new manager after almost a decade. The hockey team announced that in the coming days, they'll be promoting their bench coach, Pat Murphy, to manager. Former manager Craig Council has been with the team for eight years. Now for your local sports schedule. The Colby men's basketball team will go up against the University of St. Joseph at 5 p.m. on Friday. Men's squash will face MIT at 6 p.m. this Friday. Men's hockey will play Middlebury at 7 p.m. Friday at home and Williams at 3 p.m. on Saturday. The Mule swim teams will face Amherst at 12 p.m. on Saturday. Women's basketball will go up against New England College at 1 p.m., and Mules football will play Middlebury at 1 p.m. Saturday at home. Recapping your local sports results, women's basketball defeated MIT 70-63 on November 14th, and Bowdoin beat the Mules football team 35-14 this past Saturday. The Mules men's basketball team once against, won against Gordon College 89-78. This has been Andy Lipton and Christian Gobo for 89.7 FM WMHB Waterville. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Oh, I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? 
The Spanish club at Colby is hosting events to build community on campus. Reporter Mohamed Saif spoke to club president Domenica Gomez about this past week's Spanglish event. So starting off, like, could you tell us about yourself, your class here, your roles on campus, and what do you do um, surrounding Spanish community on campus? Yes, um, so I am a Posse scholar from Houston, Texas. I am a junior, I'm a psychology major, and a women and gender studies minor. I um, work at the Pew Center for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. I'm a social psychology research assistant, a peer health educator. Um, and as far as Spanish, I am the president and founder of the Spanish Club. Um, and then I'm currently taking a Spanish class, but I've been involved with the Spanish department since my first year. That's really cool. You have a lot of stuff going on campus. I can clearly see that. Um, other than that, like, what can you tell us about the event itself? Like, what is what's like the philosophy behind the event, and like, what do you guys hope to achieve through like hosting events like these? Yes. So the event started four years ago before I got here. Um, but it is like a contest open to any heritage speaker or um, anyone who is bilingual so that they're able to express themselves in both English and Spanish through their writing. Um, and it gives students a chance to display their talent um, in places where they might not be given the same opportunity, especially if you don't take an English or a poetry class. Um, but we have a lot of very talented students. It also gives us a voice, I think, and recognition on campus because when you come from so far away, whether you are um, coming from Addis state or from another country it can be really hard to adjust to life at Colby and so something like this helps you remember that there is a Latino community or a Spanish community on campus. So what are the like events planned for today? So today um, we'll have a little reception with food and then um, the so so blue the students organized for black and latinx unity will speak then the spanish club will speak we'll have some uh student performers so two students will dance there will be another student who sings um and then we will also have the winners of the contest so we have two categories short story and poem and then we have uh third second and first place and each pe person will read their own writing um, and share about what inspired them to write that seems really cool. I also write poetry, but like not in Spanish. Yes. Yeah. I might learn it though. Like I might take Spanish next semester, mm -hmm. next next year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So other than that, um, regarding the event itself, like, how do you guys? You have been here for the past events as well, right? For yes. the last three years. Yes. So like, how have those events been successful, and how do you think uh, has the legacy of the event been carried out throughout the years? I think each year they get more successful because they get um, more recognition on campus. I'm not sure how it went their first year, but I know the second year there wasn't that much attendance. It was mostly just friends of participants who entered the contest. Um, but I think also as the college continues to admit more Latino students, there, there becomes a larger community so that we're able to communicate amongst ourselves to bring people who just who also aren't part of our community so they learn more about our cultures. Um, and I think we've definitely worked on like uh, advertising this event for a long time. We've been planning it since September and it follows the same format each year but sometimes it varies depending on like who has um, uh, volunteered to per uh, perform or how many submissions we get and I think this year was probably one of the years we got the most submissions because we even have been able to reach out to first-year students which usually I feel like first-years don't tend to participate in bigger competitions like this. 
And so, like, one more question about the event itself. Um, can you tell us a bit about the professor who's hosting in this and, like, their role in the Spanish community? Yes, so Professor Lamaris Mayans um, has been here for six years now, um, and she's a, a professor in the Spanish department. Her focus really is to help um, incorporate a good Spanish community on campus, I believe. She's very inclusive. Um, she's always working to create programming that makes sure that we feel included as students um, of different backgrounds. And I don't know, at least to me, she's always been a very kind person. She was actually the one that reached out before I got to Colby to tell me about the Heritage Learners class, which I didn't know I was going to take the regular Spanish. Um, but that class also exposed me to a lot of the faculty in the Spanish department. And so she really tries to make sure that there's good faculty and student relationships and connections. Do you think like beyond event management and event hosting, is there things that the campus or campus administration can do to improve the experience of teenage students or like people in color in general? Um, I think maybe creating better support systems. I feel like a lot of times much of this is placed on student clubs or faculty to create these environments more than just like the college overall. But uh, for instance, for this event, it would be nice, say, had like more of the administration come to our event. I'm not sure who's coming tonight, but so that they can also see how impactful these events are for people of color on campus. Um, and just to like uplift our voices, because a lot of times we, we don't, we haven't shared the same experiences as many of our students, peers here, um, but we still matter and we deserve to be here as much as anyone else. Anything you would like to add for the community at Colby or whatever in general? Anything you would like them to know about the event or about you, about Spanish community or that? Um, I would like them to know that it took a lot of planning and work to get here and that um, the students who will be winning tonight um, also have worked very hard on their writing and deserve to be recognized. And um, yeah, anytime there's ever an event uh, whether it be by student clubs or departments, it's very important that we have high attendance so that we get more exposure and that way we continue to create a community um, for people from all backgrounds and not just specific communities. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. For being My mom has taken up going to the park to practice yoga. My dad's going to a club, but not a book club, a salsa club. Finding new hobbies comes with age. My mom has started getting lost and not knowing where she's going. Becoming lost or disoriented doesn't. Confusion with time or place may be a sign of Alzheimer's. An early diagnosis can help improve the quality of life for your loved one. Learn the warning signs of Alzheimer's at 10signs.org. Brought to you by the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. The Colby Administrative Committee will be putting a motion on the table to extend Thanksgiving break to a full week in future years. The FCC adopted new rules to crack down on broadband access discrimination throughout the nation. The Spanish Club recently hosted a Spanglish event to help expand the Spanish community on campus. The Dean of Studies office will be looking for a new class dean after Dean Sean Smith's departure. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the program. This has been Christian and Andy for the Mayflower Hill News Hour. WMHP Watcher Bill.